Wildcat have teamed up with Music Maker. Wildcat are producing a video for their Tattoo Tune-Up contest winner, Niall K, and are looking for the music to use as a backing track. So this is your chance to submit your song via www.wildcat.ie forward slash music for a chance to win 500 euro of Wildcat vouchers and 500 euro of Music Maker vouchers. Not a bad prize at all. It's run in conjunction also with Creamy Sonic Studios, which sees the involvement of Pete Slangster. Hi, this is Chris McFarst, and I hear McFarson since you guys are just so funny, I gotta tell you. Soundcheck the podcast, episode number four. We're joined with Orn. Welcome to the show, Orn. How are you great, doing? Great you to well? be here, thank you. Absolutely, it's great to have you here, Orn. And uh, Orn, you're the head of that great company. Tell us all about your company. Tell us all about it. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> not as straightforward as that. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose the best way to tell the story is yeah. how it all came about. Yes. Um, so back in 2012, I was sort of uh, just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I suppose. Okay. And um, I knew that it needed to be something involved with music. Um, I had been to college, got my degree, did all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the economy was shit. There was no mm. jobs anywhere. I couldn't find anything. And uh, I got really frustrated. So I started doing um, some photography stuff. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, had a graphic design studio mm. up in Harold's Cross. And I went up there to work on, because I do graphic design stuff as well, I went up there to work on my uh, photography. So it just turned into this kind of mm. ongoing, I'd come up there a few days a week. And then uh, we come towards the end of the year, I can't remember the exact dates, we went to see Rammstein when they came to Dublin. We went to the Three Arena, or was the O2 or whatever it was called then. Yeah. And uh, we had a great night. And the next day we were sitting in the office and we were both working on stuff. And I said in a conversation, God, wouldn't it be great to have a band like that contact you, you know, to get you to design an album cover? And then the two of us just looked at each other and we were <laughs> like, holy shit, I don't think anyone actually does that. I mean, there are businesses, branding businesses, but they, they're for everything. It could be for like a, a box of nappies or crisps or an album cover. So we said, well, how about we come up with this idea to put a company together that deals specifically for music, regardless of genre. Um, it could be DJs, performers, anything to do with entertainment, anyone that needs any kind of branding. And this was with Stephen Dempsey? No, no, no. This was with uh, Gavin Duffy, okay, a friend of mine, Gavin Duffy. So we we basically did researched and we found out that there was there was... I mean, I think we found three or four places in America. There was only one place in the UK and they were very, very kind of, you know, segregated to what they actually did. I mean, mm. it was pretty standard. We make album covers. If you want a logo, contact us. Yeah. Mm. So we said, listen, you know, we'll start off doing that, but let's really try and think outside the box. So anyway, we came up with the name Overdrive. We put the website together. We, you know, figured out what, what could we do. We did our research, uh, drum skins, fire started backdrops, album covers, you name it. We did all that. So we had this website built and it was like, okay, here we go. So what do we do now? And uh, <laughs> it was kind of like, uh, all right, well, I guess I'll put some type of a little blog up there just to kind of talk about shit. And, you know, you might get people come in and talk about music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So although I like all types of music, my favorite type of music, it would be more heavy stuff, more heavy rock, thrash, punk, all that type of stuff. Love all that type of stuff. Mm. So I started writing about that. And then the next thing, uh, in a long story short, that yeah. became bigger than the actual website itself, yeah. uh, the, the actual service we were providing on the website. So this, this blog became really, really big. So it just has turned into this uh, entertainment, I suppose, metal rock entertainment mm. website. And we work with pretty much all the promoters uh, in Ireland, um, the big ones anyway, with yeah. MCDs and DME and all that sort of stuff that are bringing in. If there's anything that's metal or rock or whatever, yeah. they will contact yeah. us. We'll run competitions. We do interviews. We work a lot with labels and PR companies. And uh, so there's that aspect. So that's yeah. how we got to there. So then all the design work, we have rebranded under a company name called MainStageDesign.com. I was okay. about to ask you about that. Yeah, so, and yeah. we are in the process of, like, we've the website built. It's been like under construction for the last year. And we're still doing jobs for bands, drum skins, backdrops, you name it. Um, we're still doing all that. And we're just, it's just, I mean, it sounds so cliched, but it's just the time of getting around to just getting this website finished and out the mm -hmm. door because we're so busy, um, especially in the last six to eight months. Um, we started, we broke quite a lot of 
uh, traffic on the website and PR companies are now, like we got Iron Maiden, we got exclusive interviews with Iron Maiden Great. and Anthrax and Megadeth and yeah. Bring Me The Horizon and, you know, all these big, big bands. Mm. Um, Hailstorm, Grammy nominated band. All, all Fear these Factory big as well you had? Fear Factory, yeah, yeah. I'll get into that now because <laughs> that's another thing as well. So, um, yeah, so we got these big interviews and then, of course, if you get big interviews, then you get given more big interviews and more and more and more. So we've been just crazy, crazy busy um, in the last while. So that's the design and that's the kind of um, the, the sort of origins of Overdrive. So then we, uh, I partnered up with another guy called um, Kevin Kerwin from, he has a company called Jet Rocker Events. He ran the gigs in Chennai originally? The he originally ran the yeah, gigs yes. down in Chennai. So we kind of, again, we had a, you know, a vested interest in particular genre of music. Funnily enough, that's where Kevin and I first met, was at one of Kevin's yeah. gigs in... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah. Uh, I, all coming around yeah. together now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Chennai is the glue and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so so Kev and I got talking and uh, we, you know, we, we, we took over the running of um, Bloodstock Metal to the Masses in Ireland. And this is our, uh, 14th, 15th, this is our third year doing it. We've just kind of arrived at the point now where we're waiting on the final, which is on the 7th of May. Yeah. And each yeah. year we start in January and it runs to May. And one of the representatives from <clears throat> Bloodstock actually mm. comes over, handpicks a band and they go and play at the festival Get exposed to yeah. shitloads of press. Yeah. And who's in the finals at the moment? There's Zora, Asect. Um, Zora, Asect, Call to Arms, Ten Ton Slug, which is my favorite name on the vault. Yeah, Ten Ton Slug, yeah, Two great. Tales <laughs> Woe, and uh, what did I say? Minus Ten Thousand Hours. I think, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, it. It. that's yeah. six bands. Yeah. yeah. So it's been uh, an, an unbelievably incredible yeah. year. Just oh God, mind blowing. Like the. the music in Ireland is just yeah. unreal right now. Yeah. So we do that Bloodstock thing also. Mm. And then uh, because of the Bloodstock thing, lots of bands were coming to me asking me about PR work and everything. So we're, we're starting to do PR work for bands here in Ireland um, and also mm -hmm. some bands outside of Ireland as well. Um, uh, the band in, uh, we're working with Double Experience from Canada. Mm. Uh, we're doing some stuff for them and some other bands in the UK. So... Uh, there's all that stuff as well. And and we kind of are doing a management thing as well with mm. Dead Label. Okay. <laughs> so so we, we, we crossed paths and started working with Dead Label and we were kind of involved with them. Uh, They're doing fantastic. Yeah. They're a fantastic yeah. band. They've yeah. been one of those bands that you always see constantly yeah. on social media and stuff for opening for... Yeah, so many bands. Who were they touring with recently? They got a pretty big uh, Machine Head, I think. <coughs> that well, was years ago, <coughs> that was quite some time. Ago. Yeah, Machine Head. Yeah. Uh, a, a few years ago, they got Machine Head in the Olympia, Brilliant. which yeah. was great. And then um, they, God, I'm trying to think. They, they've done so many tours. Somebody they've done in Belfast recently, or within the last year, they did. Yeah, that. well, when you come into kind of this year, so okay, so they it, they recorded their album uh, Throne of Bones, which actually still is not out yet. Um, it's going to be coming out towards the end of this next month. Okay. Um, so they recorded that over in uh, America, over in LA, and uh, then they went on to do a North American tour mm. um, that they completely organized all by themselves and uh, which was unbelievable. Awesome. Then when they came back from that, they did a video um, for uh, one of their tracks and then that got picked up by Scuzz TV. I saw that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Salvation and Sacrifice is the song. That got picked up by Scuzz and then uh, we basically uh, got talking, you know, um, I was helping them with a few things and then we got Gojira. We got the Irish uh, support that for Gojira. So that was Belfast in yeah. Dublin. And then after that, what happened after that? Then we then there was Bloodstock. Uh, they got this Sophie Lancaster stage in Bloodstock. I saw. I think it was Stephen's photos from that show. <laughs> sure. The, yeah. I oh, know. Oh, it was. It was so huge. great. Yeah. 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 Uh, they were on it on the Sunday at like. Uh, Oh man, I think it was like half 12 or something. Yeah. And I mean, the weather was just so incredible at Bloodstock that year. There wasn't a drop of rain that that, that fell all weekend. Great. So we, we were, you know, shitting ourselves. We're like, how many people are going to come inside a fucking tent to see, you know? And also the other thing as well is like um, Orange Goblin were playing on the main stage and they are like oh, veterans, great. Bloodstock, yeah. and are, you know, experiencing like, 
mm-hmm. one of the best um you know receptions to their their last album yeah. uh right now so um you know we were like oh my god you know we'll be happy if we just get you know, if there's a couple of hundred people there, that'd be great. And like, there was a lot of people there, you know. And uh, no, it was it was absolutely fantastic. So they did that, and you know, they're very good at um, you know taking one milestone and then using it as a tool uh, to get your next one. Yeah. You know, which I think a lot of bands fall constantly moving flat on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one thing I've always said to them is, you need to have momentum. That's the one thing that bands pay big money for yeah. is momentum. If you can have something just going and ticking over all the time, mm-hmm. so they had, you know, they had that album, then they had the video on Scuzz, then they got, um, uh, you know, actually it was Bloodstock, then they got Gojira, and then after Gojira, just uh, a couple of months later, you know, we got the, like, the full Fear Factory tour right through Europe. So there was, like, right. 26 dates with Once Human, I think they're called. Yeah, Once Human, which is, um, what's his name from, uh, used to be in uh, Machine Head, Oh man, I can't remember his name right the now. Logan, the, the uh, Logan, Logan Mater, Mater. Lo- Logan Mater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, so they got that, and and uh, they are just like writing so crazy mm. right now. So they they've got lots of stuff going on, and some stuff that I cannot. <laughs> I'd be fucking killed. If <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. But momentum is key. That you said the word yeah. momentum. That's enormous. Sure. And I see so many bands, even in Ireland. I won't mention any, but. We've all been part of bands where you, you release something and then there's nothing followed up. There's like maybe a gap of two or three months and then you're forgotten about. Yeah. It's very hard to re- recapture that. Yeah I, yeah, I agree. And look, there's lots of ways that you can. I mean, yeah. momentum is anything from videos to extracts to covers to mm. footage of shows to a limited edition, anything, even if it's down to a tour shirt or a shirt or a, a spontaneous mm. gig or a collaboration with other musicians. Just keep it going because the more and more and more that people see that name, they're going to, you know, eventually go, oh, I've got to check these guys out, you know, and that's I was, um I was in the States like two weeks ago and I met up with Scotty Olsen who played on Alison Chains Unplugged. He played with um, Heart and produced the Deftones and stuff like that. And he told me uh, some bands today should do, uh, well, not some bands. He said bands in general should start to do regular EPs putting out a new EP instead of doing an album yeah. to build an audience, put out an EP maybe every two months, three, four songs, but just so it's constant branding mm-hmm. and it's just, as you say, momentum, it's constantly in people's faces, a new product every yeah. two, three yeah. months. You know, I I, um, I was talking to, uh, sorry, my, my brain is complete. I was talking to, uh, it was Mike from Kill Switch Engage a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was really interesting because their new album, uh, in incarnate uh the way that that came out was before the album even came out they had five videos or four videos or three whatever it was but there was a there was more than two anyway totally in the can locked and ready to load so the normal process of okay we're in the studio we got this album now and yeah the Mm. release date is you know blah 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 they just fucking blasted they were like boom here's this first video and people were like oh my god that's incredible and then it was Mm. like here's the second video and it was like two weeks later and then people were like, oh my God, this is even, you know, wow. <laughs> and then they did another one and there was three videos and there was this, you know, again, that word momentum. The press absolutely loved it. And I know, I get it. I'm talking about a band here that have been around for a long time. Yeah. You know, they're a big selling band. So yeah, they're going. people are going to be watching what they're doing. But it's, I suppose it's the the process of how they did it. But he commented on that. He said, I absolutely loved the way that this album was approached, Roadrunner. Mm. He said, you know, instead of just kind of blowing your load, he's like, you release these, you know, the videos, they really got the thing going and Mm. kids love videos. They're watching it on their phones, all this type of stuff. And he said, he was talking exactly what you just said a second ago about instead of doing an album, a series of EPs. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, a three, a four tracks singles, here or a ma- that word maxi single. Yeah. Yeah. That I haven't heard since the 80s, but. Special mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I'm telling you, it works because, yeah. uh, you know, or, or, you know, the other thing as well is uh, here's here's an EP and uh, uh, like Lion Eyes are doing that, actually. So they they have a series of like four EPs, I think, and they're going to be released over the next few weeks while yeah. they're on tour. And they'll be made available in a physical format at the venues. So when people go, they're touring with Less Than Jake. So when people actually go to see them, it's like, yeah. okay, you can actually, you know, 
you can buy the EP, this the second EP, and yeah. then the third and the fourth. Great. Oh, yeah. it's a great idea. Mm. But I think the the Dublin scene definitely has a lot more uh, community feel over the last couple of years. And I think it started maybe with around the time Helgard formed the the Grey Federation, which yeah. ultimately fell apart, unfortunately. But I think the concept was really good to start bringing bands together to support mm. each other because I think before that, as far as I can remember, there was a lot of uh, hostility from one band to the next in the in Dublin because yeah. I was playing around like maybe 2006, 2007 and the first couple of bands I was in and you would never really be friends with other bands. You'd know their names and stuff but there wasn't really... You Not know, so much uh, of a network or something. Yeah. yeah, but I think since... Well, from my experience, from what I can tell, um, Helgard with the Grey Federation and stuff like that started to kind of show bands that you need to start supporting each other, you need to start going to each other's shows, mm. helping each other out, maybe yeah. do a split EP together, split the bill, stuff like that. And yeah. there started to be a bit more of a vibe happening. It's definitely a, more of a scene now, I think. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. In terms of bands helping each other out and putting on nights like in Whelan's upstairs or Chenet as well, yeah. you know, or things yeah. like that. It's, it, that's, it's that's a matter so I much. Met, uh met you in um, one of the Great Federation <clears throat> meetings when uh, me and Oz went along. And yeah, the Amplify thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we, uh, God, yeah, we set that up. Uh, Helgard and I, we came up with the idea and I had seen, uh, you know, there was a, a thing, a design-based, graphic design-based seminar monthly thing that used to happen in Dublin called Sweet Talk. Yeah. And uh, I just loved the concept of it. It was like bring people in from the industry and they can talk about the designs and how they came to where they were and, you know, just clients they've had and mm. just different uh, aspects of how to approach the design business, you know. And I just always loved, I thought it was a really cool way um, to sort of get information. And it, they used to hold them up in the in the sugar club. And it was cool because you'd go in and there was music and everybody would be hanging out. I mean, the place would be packed, you know, yeah. and they'd have beer there and food and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then each speaker would come on. I just love the idea. And I, I was talking to Helgard about it and I said, we should do that, but do it about music. Yeah. And he loved the idea. And I said, well, how, you know, should we just fucking do it then? And he said, yeah. So we kind of brainstormed and we can, we were shooting all these different names and come, trying to come up with the best name. And we eventually came up with Amplify, the business of music. And uh, we uh, we got the Grand Social, who were great to give us the venue to, to do it. And I think we did like four of them. And, uh, and what I couldn't believe was like the first one, there was great, I think we had like 80 to 100 yeah, people at it. Was that one too. And then the second one, like the numbers started dwindling. And then the third one, the numbers were dwindling. Yeah. And I couldn't believe yeah. it because we weren't, I mean, there was no cover fee. There was, this was like, you could come straight in off the street and sit down and listen to the likes of, you know, there was Pete Holiday, we got Nile or Nine. Mm. Um, uh, God, uh, God, I can't even think, we, we, uh, Roshan O'Dwyer from Hot Press, Pete Murphy from EMI, uh, you know, um, Eamon Barrett from Roy Seven. Like, yeah. we had some really great people, people from, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was funny too, because yeah. I went to each one and it was fantastic because as a new band, you got to network. That's how we met Steve. That's how we got the, the EPK before we released the mm. album. I got in touch with Roisin, uh, sure. got the Hot Press Yearbook for contacts. And yeah. it was great. I didn't mm. understand why more bands or why the first lot just Shall started yeah, win no. the loud. It's it was just one of those weird things. But like it's that is something that uh, it's not dead. It's something that I just put away because it, it, it was it, it took an awful lot of time to put that thing together you know yeah um i mean effect you know you're kind of working towards the next one trying to get the guest speakers and then you're sending out all the information and doing the graphics for it and then securing the venue and making sure you know there was a lot yeah. to it yeah so um at the time it, it just became something like more other stuff other stuff within the business was just taking you know more of an important role that we had to look at it and I and I didn't want to put a half-assed event on I was like yeah. I'm not doing it I'm not going to put a shit one on either it's going to be really good or not at all and I just felt that I couldn't commit to something yeah. you know so it, it was something that I'd like to bring back at a later stage for definite um but just going back to what you were saying about the scene like mm -hmm. I, I I about the kind of um everyone getting on with each other and helping each other out and support I can't believe um the just what I've seen dealing with the bloodstock stuff, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, there's like... I saw photos from the, the last one. There's like 100 
to 200 people in Fibbers? There were 320 insane. people. Wow, yeah. that's insane. I've never seen numbers yeah, like that. Yeah, it was place. like from the stage all the way <laughs> yeah. back. It was completely, just totally jammed. And the amount of, I mean, I was standing on stage yeah. and I was like, okay, they're the, they're the guys from Nautilus and there's the guys from, you know, <laughs> yeah. Psychosis and there's the, you know, there's, yeah. there were so many bands yeah. that were not, you know, that weren't even in it like this, or were in it, but were not in it any longer or, you know, and they're all showing support for each other and they're coming in and they're standing there watching each band. And it's just completely and not awesome. Not to mention the thing. people, sorry, are outside in Fibbers. There's always a huge amount of people outside. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. If you could get on them in as well, I know. You'd, be, I know. you'd have well, a health, you know, you have no, a problem so, then. So, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's thanks to people like you, yeah. the metal to the masses stuff, and starting to yeah. tie bands together. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of run like it's Kevin who really deals the front line of it. He will mm. deal with all the bands, he will, de- he will deal with the stage, <coughs> excuse me, stage management and everything. And I will kind of. Do, I'll do all the graphics and all the paperwork and all that shit behind the scenes that I need to do because it's, it is a business. It's a franchise that we have to yeah. buy off Bloodstock every year. Mm. So uh, there's a, again, there's a huge amount involved in that. We started in November, like sitting down and and actually the end of October, like talking about okay, yeah. how are we going to put this together? And mm. we reach out and all the bands come in and. But um, yeah, the scene, just amazing to see just everyone working together and helping each other out. And then the amount of shows that have kind of spawned off the back of that. Yeah. yeah. So you see all these bands that are, they just totally get on with each other. Like uh, a great example is this, this band from, um, you know, from uh, Galway, Ten Ton Slug. Again, you know, I'd never, I'd never heard of them before, before prior to this competition. Yeah. And um you know, so they came up to Dublin and I was like, okay, what are these guys like? I had an idea by the name yeah. and they started and I was fucking picking my face up off the ground. They were just that good. And then there was other bands in Dublin, like Nautilus, who were just, they kind of are doomy, you know, mm. Sabbathy type stuff. And they were like, oh man, you guys are amazing. And, you know, now there's that connection there. Yeah, and then yeah. they were saying, oh, we should totally do a show together. And that, then you have this situation yeah. where you're going to see a gig where you've got, you know, three bands that are all of a similar genre, which is great because you yeah. can just totally like bug out for the whole night. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, King Fuzz just all <laughs> yeah. night with, you know, the sludgy doom stuff, which is amazing. That's just an example. But that's great. Though. Great, great scene. I've yeah. seen um, just the support is unreal. And just a, a, one thing definitely want to say mm. is that Simon Hall from Bloodstock himself, there's 28 metal to the masses that are across the UK and, main, and central mainland Europe. Mm. And he has said to me countless occasions, he... I've never seen the the support amongst bands like there is in Ireland. He said, it is fucking mind-blowing to me. And everywhere I go, I tell them, you should fucking see what they're doing in Ireland. Because it's just, it's, it, you know, everyone thinks that over here is like U2 and The Coors and Aaron Sweaters and Frank Smoking Kelly. Pipes. And, yeah. and it's not, yeah. you know. I mean, the finest metal in my opinion, oh, yeah, it, so it, it's just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. But there is just going back to it, there's a great scene, absolutely amazing scene, and it's only getting better. Yeah. And the more that you guys are doing things like this, and we're providing stuff, the more venues that are opening and letting bands go in there and fucking play alternative different types of music gives them an outlet, and that's absolutely, what helps yeah. it keeps keeps yeah. the keeps. Well, it that's together. what we had intended with this was kind of create a central news hub for bands. Well, not only bands, but uh, authors and. Yeah, uh, directors. Anyone who's yeah. doing something artistic, at least I'll have a central news hub to listen in and see what's going on. So any bands listening can get in touch with you about shows or find out more information about yeah. metal to the masses, stuff like that. Yeah, We're going to have bands in too, of course, we know. Yeah, we will have. But going back bands. to that community yeah. feel like um, it uh, about a year ago, you know, we met up with uh, Black Swan just to have lunch together. And yeah. We'd never meet up with bands, you know, before that <laughs> kind of stuff. But we like each other, and it's yeah, it's a they're a great band. They're yeah, fantastic the as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really dedicated as well. You mm. know, that's the thing I came across from from Metal to the Masses as well. It was just the dedication of the organization of it, and then just the bands and the camaraderie of it. So it really shook me last year when we were playing it as well. Yeah. It's just it's a good feel. And went to the final as well, and it was a huge crowd. It's really, it's a good vibe. I think you don't really haven't seen that before in Metal in Ireland. That was the thing. I yeah, I think it's a new development. Yeah, I'd never really seen yeah, that, and I've been to Fibbers for years, like, yeah. and it was I, there was never a competition, and it's not so much a competition either because a lot of bands, it's a vehicle for bands then too. Because yeah, they're like oh, I got to the, we got to the final of <coughs> well, Masters, you know, we 
It, it really is. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, look, it's great if you win, you go to Bloodstock, yeah. amazing. But, you know, it is it is like the amount of attention that is on it now. Um, like, for instance, you have Steve Dempsey from Down the Barrel who comes in. I mean, his photography is just, oh, it's, it's out, of this, out of this world. Yeah. And he comes down there and gives up his, his own personal time to come down and shoot all those bands and work tirelessly on, 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 the, on the photographs issuing them to all the bands to use them as much as they want. And then there's, you know, there's Robbie McCabe from EHT Promotions and he comes down and he's constantly, you know, I mean, he's picking bands out of all of these lineups, all the heats mm. for, you know, support for bands that he brings over for his Unleashed Festival, all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, and then there's just, there's all the other stuff, there's all the other outlets, like there's Dublin Mosh Pit uh, Radio, there's Cranium Titanium. They've all got involved this year and they're all showing a massive interest in it. They're covering mm. it. They're interviewing the bands. Like they contact me and say, okay, we want to interview like two of the bands from last week. And they're live on air and getting, you know, it's That's crazy. It's great. Yeah. And then there's all the press over in the UK. So there's Get Your Rock Out, there's Bloodstock Themselves, there's Moshville Times. They're all writing about these bands in Ireland. Mm. And, and they're sharing Steve's photographs and they're, I mean, it's put up on a proper, there's a multifaceted media outlet there between websites, reviews, there's radio, there's podcasts, there's mm. photos, there's everything. And that's why if you Google Metal, metal to the Masses, <laughs> Ireland is like, do, 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 do. it just yeah. is nailed down before, even yeah. before London and everything else. One of the fun things about Metal <coughs> to the Masses is watching the bands do their promo, each one trying to outdo each, outdo it's each so other. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who was the band who did the... Uh, Oh, I think it was Asect. I could be wrong. Who did the? Uh, they photoshopped their name onto the side of a Dublin bus and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and then there was the band stuff. last year called Within Without, and they did. Uh, they edited loads of footage of Barack Obama. So he was just saying Within Without. Within without, <laughs> within without. I mean, it was just it's brilliant. And and yeah. uh, unfortunately, those guys they they were in it this year, but they broke up. Oh, and they split up. But uh, they, there's. Uh, there's kind of a lot of members in a lot of the same bands. So there's yeah. some of the members are in uh, The Devil Wants Her Swagger Back and also uh, Minus 10,000 Hours. And But they all come down in full support, you yeah. know. But um, yeah, it's, it's great. A it's a funny thing about the Dublin music scene. It's so incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody plays with everyone else and there's a member from that band yeah, completely. in that band. And <laughs> Yeah, a couple of musical bastard children yeah. have emerged from <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> it's no uh, bad thing, you know. No, yeah. I think... Um, uh, Stavis from Shock the Puss is playing with Belt Buckle Overdrive at the moment. Oh, yeah. Fantastic guitar player. I think he's oh, yeah. playing bass with them at the minute now. Right. It's so funny to see members swap around <laughs> like this. Where's the loyalty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Steve, how did you meet Steve? Uh, I met Steve, uh, where did I meet Steve? I met him in the Academy uh, at a Devon Townsend show. And I was up in the balcony uh, because I'm an old bastard and I don't like going downstairs anymore. I did that and have broken ribs. Nice seats up there, though. That's nice. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was at this show and I was with some friends and uh, he was shooting uh, that show and uh, one of my friends knew Steve and introduced us and it was like the second we met each other, we were just Love connected straight away. <laughs> yeah. And we just connected yeah. and, you know, uh, I told him what I was doing and, you know, with Overdrive and, and I saw his photos and I was like, God damn, you know, you have got to fucking, I oh, really want you involved with me, yeah. you know. So he, um, I mean, he he's very much an independent person. That is his thing down the barrel is completely Steve's. And he also is involved with Planet Mosh over in the UK. And um, I mean, his, in terms of his, our relationship goes, we are very, very good friends. He supplies uh, photographs for Overdrive. But he doesn't write or do anything like that for Overdrive because he does that for Planet Mosh. Yeah. Okay. So does we just keep things completely separate there. There's no bleeding into any kind of thing. But that's how we met, and and we 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 were both like ridiculous um, collectors of vinyl records. I've noticed Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Steve's got a new vinyl. You've got a new yeah. one. Today's listening. That that was one of our biggest. Uh, I think we figured that out within a couple of minutes of talking to each other. And uh, then I discovered how much of a tremendous geek he was for vinyl. Because <laughs> I, I thought that I was like the only one. 
Uh, I know a geek as well. He runs well. Chap- Muslim music in chapel is it? But he's he's got a serious addiction to vinyl. Well, I, I I I advised that very geek yeah. on, on the turntable he should buy, and he sent me an email telling me that he was thinking about uh, starting to collect vinyl. So oh. I told him, point him in the right direction. Well, not name any names, but I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. But um, Jagger from Black Swan has recently become a. Vinyl again, he. Too I asked him. I, 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 he that. goes, man, what kind of turntable do I need? To get and I was like this is what you need to get <laughs> I should start a, a counselling service <laughs> for <my laughs> addiction two Oz is brought over so I've got a shitty turntable it must be bass player thing then is it I mean I, I, maybe I'll get into it now as well but I'm it, it's <laughs> Timmy and it's Oz and it's yeah, I, know I just think my brother plays bass as well maybe he's gonna he's he a very nice player actually it's really really good <laughs> it's just the sound though yeah. I mean Man, there's nothing like it. If you've got a really good turntable mm. and you've got good wooden based speakers, this sound is so fucking warm. It's like a rabbit's bollocks. It's just yeah. it's so yeah. warm. And you can Same. hear, I mean, if you you can hear so many different types of tones. You know, even within the the actual percussion end of things, you can hear the difference. You can mm. it's just warmer, you know, deeper and warmer. I remember when Oz came over, I got um all my dad's vinyls and he had all the original uh, Led Zeppelin prints so we were listening to like Zeppelin 2 on vinyl in my place sorry doors opening behind us I don't know we're <laughs> we gonna get murdered yeah do you or still we? have those records yes I do join us <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have um, I mean do you have all the equipment to go with it. Do you have a turntable and everything? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we listened to Zeppelin 1 to 4 and I felt like a teenager again. Oh, you know, yeah. you see with yeah. the artwork, we're passing it back and forth and as you said, you just hear stuff in the, yeah. especially on the symbols and stuff, you get that higher resolution happening mm. and it, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. I tell you, you just reminded me, I, uh, in November last year, I, uh, I was interview- I interviewed Dave Mustaine when he was here in Dublin. And he told me a, a kind of a geeky fact about uh, Zeppelin on vinyl. So you know the start of uh, Black Dog? Yeah. It's like, and it fades in. Hey, mom, I got... That whole reason is that back then you could only fit a certain amount of audio on one side of the record. And the audio on that particular record exceeded the amount. And they were just absolutely like, they were saying, okay, we're going to have to edit this out. And they were like, no, you're not. This is, you know, they they just would not budge. Mm. So the reason that there's a real increase in volume at the start of that is because it's the records actually, like the quality of the record from when the record starts coming into when it actually should have been cut just a little bit shorter. Okay. So that's, Jesus. that's amazing. I did not know that. And anyway, <laughs> I don't know if it's bullshit or not, but anyway, it comes from the gospel of Dave Mustaine, so I'm going to believe it. So. Yeah, you can't question Dave. Dave, no, Dave must know I wouldn't stuff. question Dave. <laughs> yeah. What was it like interviewing? You've interviewed a lot of big names uh, in rock and metal. and, and That was, a, that was of... quite a scary thing because yeah. uh, obviously, you know, his, his history. Mm. Uh, I Obviously, I, I grew up listening to... to rock and metal and everything but especially like thrash was my big thing yeah. I absolutely loved it I was completely hooked on it um, in my uh, teens and uh, uh, Megadeth were one of my bands you know mm. as was Anthrax and Slayer and Metallica um, so yeah when I found out that I was going to be interviewing Dave Mustaine my first question was okay is this a phone call or am I, is it going to be a face and they said oh no it's going to be face to face and I was like oh fucking hell <laughs> you know yeah yeah just you know totally freaking out um so anyway i can I ask who was the first interview you did in uh, terms of big names for overdrive the, the first one i ever did uh for overdrive like the the first big name that you um, like come in. well the first one i ever ever did was uh airborne that was oh, a yeah. and uh yeah, no, it was good. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm always nervous. Even to, I've done hundreds of them, but I'm still yeah. nervous to this day because mm. you just, you know, you've got such a small window of time to fit, you know, I mean, you're trying to extract, uh, you know, information that is not just generic yeah. shit that everyone talks Something about. Something exclusive. Together. And I'll never ask those questions. How did it feel? Like, how does it feel to play in front of 
X amount of people. The sort of the, the of course, RTE approach, you know? Yeah, but of course it feels fucking amazing yeah. to go out and, you know, yeah. or how did it feel to finally release this record? Uh, terrible. Are you enjoying you know? touring at the yeah? minute? Yeah. Like, yeah, so well. How you do you know, feel about the new album? So I, it's, it's those type of questions. And so I want, you know, obviously, like I grew up reading an awful lot of music magazines. So I, I kind of had a, an idea in my head about the way to approach certain questions. And then it's like down to doing just shitloads of research. I mean, I do not even want to go over a subject that he may have commented on three or yeah, four days yeah. ago because it's just, it's already done. It's out there. I mean, there are some obvious questions that you have to ask, um, i.e. On, on brand new, you know, you have to kind of talk about the band's latest yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of use that as the bait to reel them in and then you kind of then sort of get comfortable with them yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But Airborne was my first. Um, big ones I've done was uh, uh, Nico from Iron Maiden. That was a big okay. one. Uh, Megadeth. You did uh, Damon Johnson as well, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah I did. Uh, that was great, actually. Yeah. God, what a really nice guy. He's yeah. so cool. He's I, such I a nice dude. I had a brief chat with him when he played last year with... Um, down in Rick, with Ricky down in, yeah, on the rocks. Fantastic show, yeah. but he's such a sweet guy. Cause I was a huge um, Brother Kane fan as you a sure? teenager. He's easily my one of my biggest influences, cool. Damon Johnson. Yeah. Spe- specifically the yeah. first Brother Kane album, okay. self-titled one. Yeah. And uh, sweet guy, just... Um, Completely open for a chat. Didn't know who I was, but completely happy to have it. You know, just sit around and chat for ten minutes after the show. And you know, he's he's very um, humble. He, he exactly like he's a really really appro- approachable guy. I actually remember that day because it was in the Olympia, and it was when they were. Uh, it was uh, the 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 Amorettes, the uh, Amorettes, Black Star Riders, and Europe. So I went down, and I was. Uh, I just didn't know what to expect. You know, you never do. Yeah. And then the minute I walked in and I'm walking up this corridor and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? Come in here, sit down, you know, don't worry about a thing. Do you want something to drink? And that's when you know that you're actually, ah, this is going to be good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas I have interviewed bands and they've just been horrendous, you know, just like literally one word answers. Unresponsive, yeah. And and that's only happened uh, twice yeah. And I'm not going to say. Who yeah, they are, of course. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Megadeth was a big one. I was shitting myself with Dave, and and uh, you know we had to wait in the in the foyer of the hotel, and uh, you know and and his tour manager sort of walked in past me, and uh, I was I was uh, just like oh my god there he is okay yeah. I wonder what kind of mood he's in and uh, went into the room and sat down and he was the nicest guy ever yeah. he was so nice yeah. and uh, invited me like backstage to the show come down and have some wine with me and his his very own uh yeah. bottle of wine very graciously from his, from his vineyard yeah. yeah i i you know he's he's uh i can see what people are say about him though in mm. one, one aspect but yeah you know really nice guy really nice yeah. and also max cavalera as well you interviewed yeah him. max two times the first yeah. time uh i think max is uh he's really cool to interview when he's not on tour but he when he is on tour it could be a little bit difficult because okay. I guess he's just really tired and, yeah. you know, and that's my experience anyway. But mm. uh, the first time I, I interviewed him, I uh, I just come back from America, from Portland, and I was super jet lagged. And uh, and I, I was, I mean, I literally like got in the door with my bags and like ran upstairs and I had to make this phone call and record yeah, it. So sure. I was, I, the whole room was like going up and down. Yeah. Um, but a uh, really nice guy. And the second time I interviewed him, he was he was so cool. And uh, even after the interview, yeah. we stayed on the phone for ages. And he was like talking about Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's I like, saw that. I yeah. love that guy, man. I love that My guy. My son loves that guy as he well. He fucks <laughs> shit up. I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really cool. And then uh, I interviewed Chuck Billy from Testament just a couple of days ago. Mm. He was really, really nice. Yeah. And Steve uh, Zetro, Souza from Exodus. He was really cool. Oh, nice. And, you cover uh, the Clutch show. Uh, oh, yeah, Clutch. You always cover Clutch, I think, when they come around, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got uh, interviewed Neil. That was great. Really nice guy. Uh, real deep thinker. Yeah. <laughs> He's a complete nerd, too. Uh, totally, He's yeah. quoting a, like, Clyde Barker oh, really? bass song. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's a really nice guy. And so I, I, I spoke to him a couple of times, and I spoke to Tim the last time they were here, Tim Salt. And he's a really, really nice guy. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. And uh, Jean-Paul as well. I, I spoke to Jean-Paul. They're, they're all just drama. really, really nice, you know? Yeah. They're just really nice guys that have been doing something for 25 years or whatever. And 
you know, it's kind of amazing that they're actually only experiencing a level of success now mm. that they should have been getting, getting they should have received yeah. like quite a long time I ago. I think it sort of came with Earth Rocker, wasn't it? It that did. Was kind of the, the big... Mm. And I asked him, I said, like, what do you think it was about that album? Because, I mean, like, here you are, like, they're, for instance, here in Dublin, they were playing in the Olympia. That was That's the biggest headline show Clutch have ever played here. And then before that was the Academy. Before that, I mean, they were here, with, they were opening for CKY in right. the Ambassador, which... Yeah. Still, I can't get my head around. Yeah. You know, they'd struggle to kind of sell out Whelan's and shit like that. Yeah. So, and he turned around to me, and he, like his answer was great. He just goes, uh, well, you know, uh, we figured out after like 10 years that the people who were doing our press were just really not good at it at all. And I was like, so, took, <laughs> so I was like, it took you 10 years to figure that out. And he went, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it's a typical, you know, just really laid back kind yeah, of approach response. Like, we'll let them take care of it. They must be doing a good job yeah. kind of thing. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm so happy. Yeah. That's, they're just such a hard working band and, um, yeah. they deserve everything and more, you know, they're just one of the great, they could just fucking get up on stage, man, and play for six hours just jamming and it would just be amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's real musicianship really right have you heard uh, Tim's side project L Creek I think it was the name no I haven't really cool. no I gotta really check nice that stuff. out yeah because I know uh, Neil has um, the big company band as well mm. and stuff like that yeah I'll send you a link on Facebook yeah cool I'd like to hear really that cool stuff. yeah for definite yeah so there you so, go more artists I mean, I mean I've <laughs> just yeah. you know interviews take them when you can get them and yeah you know any big ones on, on the horizon the well I was supposed to do Chris Cornell uh, just uh, yeah. on Monday night and it was all lined up and on the last minute he for what reason I don't even know if it was him or who yeah. it was like alright there's no press there's no photographers there's no guest list just boom 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 they yeah. shut everything down and uh, it's just one of those things you just gotta take it on the chin like yeah. okay yeah. that's just yeah. the way it goes you know as I, you said momentum yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd never kick up dust about it because yeah. it just doesn't get you anywhere look for all I know you know he could have been wanting to rest his voice or he yeah. had some other important shit to do you know yeah. we, we're we just the birds on the back of the, the elephant's back you know but, might have uh, been a close personal friend of Prince who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he did play, played nothing compares to you I think didn't he, he did yeah. Uh, yeah, he did a cover he, of it yeah oh, he's such a great guy man yeah yeah um but, uh, and his yeah. vocal has really improved again, I, I find. I even at the Soundgarden gig from a few years ago, because like, during the Autoslave, I mean, I did like Autoslave, but I felt like that it didn't do himself justice vocally. But like even at Soundgarden a few years ago, his vocal was brilliant. Like, yeah. I thought compared to what I... I've heard that with a lot of people. I always thought he sounded great. It's, yeah. it's changed and matured, changed, but I, yeah. I thought it was fine always. He was husky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, did. he got very husky in the, yeah. yeah. Especially that first album, like yeah. Coaches and yeah. stuff, you can hear come out. And I couldn't really get into that for some reason. And then yeah. after that. I saw them... Uh, I saw them at Hyde Park uh, with uh, Black Sabbath mm. and Faith No More, and they they played uh, um, they played Super Unknown in full, <clears throat> and his voice they were incredible, yeah. like yeah. really amazing, you know. But uh, I guess like everybody else, yeah. I mean, he has days, good days and bad days and yeah. whatever, you know. Of course, yeah. So I remember one time when I played with Malfunction in the states. We did Seattle and Portland. And then I flew home, and the very next night, Ben Shepard of Soundgarden played bass with them. And I oh, should have man. been at that show playing guitar. Yeah, <laughs> I saw photos the minute we landed in Dublin. Oz looks at Facebook and he goes, check it out, Ben's on stage with them. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What, where did you play in Portland? What, um, what place we played? The Tonic Lounge. Oh, I know that, yeah. Toxic Lounge or Tonic Lounge? The Tonic, yeah. No, yeah. It's on, um, cool place, really nice. Yeah, it is a very cool place, yeah. Um, yeah, God, man, that sucks. Yeah, you missed your moment, with Ben, huh? <laughs> missed the moment with Ben. Have another moment again soon, next yeah. year, hopefully. Hopefully next year, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So, anything coming up with Overdrive? Um, what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? Well, we've got, as I said, we've got the Bloodstock uh, Finals. Final. Finals on that's 7th. on May seventh yeah. in Fibbers. Then there's Bloodstock Festival itself. Um, I am writing, uh, I, I freelance write for uh, Universal Records yeah. as well. Great. And uh, so they're, <clears throat> they're interested uh, in just basically all the, all the content that we have, the interviews that we're getting. And, um, and then we're going to hopefully 
so that's an ongoing thing. And then we, we're going to launch this website. We're going to launch main, main stage design. Uh, that's going to be hopefully done within the next, uh, I suppose it'll be after the summer, as we get into fall, as we get into autumn. And uh, so pretty much that. But, you know, the thing about doing this is uh, I've no idea what's coming down the line next week, you know, mm. because I'll get like this phone call and it'll just say, you know, such and such is he's available like in two days time, six o'clock for an interview. And you're yeah. like, OK, and you just have no idea, you know, yeah. and then the PR agencies that we that work with us, that work for the bands, you know, we're on their their kind of list, I guess. And, and they will send out, uh, you know, do you want to interview? Do you want to talk to this artist or this artist or they have an album coming out or, you know, so um you know, you just never know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of them now, you know, there's so many labels, there's so many albums coming out that it's it's hard to keep track of. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like from the new Deftones album through to, you know, like just the other end of the spectrum is like Discharge just brought out a new album, you know what I mean? And we were yeah. offered them and then, you know, Cavell Attack have a new album coming out and Rob Zombie has a new album coming out. And I mean, it's just, you know, and Red Fang are, you know, there's certain yeah. artists that we want to chase up. So mm. we're, we're chasing Red Fang right now who are recording. Oh, they're with, great. They're from Portland, aren't they? They're yeah. from Portland, yeah. yeah. Um, they're actually recording with Ross Robinson, which is a, a kind of a, a match that I wouldn't have put together, but yeah. I no doubt think that the... the They do great videos. They All do their, amazing um, videos. Have you ever seen any Red Fang no, stuff? No. They do sort of comedy videos. They did one called oh, uh, check it out. Blood Like Cream, where it's like a zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> but they're looking for beer instead yeah. of blood or brains, I should yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> and then that. wires and yeah. Like there's this great video where yeah. it starts off and they're just kind of sitting at home and Is this the paycheck? And then one? the paycheck but, yeah. comes and it's like, hey man, we got our we got, you know, five thousand yeah. dollars from uh, Relapse Records to make their video. And then they just say nothing to each other. They walk out the door, they go down, they buy a beat up car and then they start driving and they're just going to the supermarket and they're buying shit and they're, and this whole, you're like, what the fuck are these guys doing? And, and then the next thing. something, the, the money comes up of how much they spent on it. Yeah, so it's like every time they buy something, it's like, ching, you know, it's like the new total. New total and then the yeah. next thing, they're just at an airstrip and they have all this shit, like they've got like 80 cartons of milk and they're just in this car bombing down the highway with yeah. like helmets on and stuff and it's like who does not want to do that yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> that's good smashing promo. It. there's one where they the final shot is with all the they have a past blue ribbon set up like a giant pyramid yeah. of it and they're, and they're like get at the last second <laughs> yeah so they don't hit it like the humor element though even Alison Chance had like a brilliant documentary that mockumentary they did where uh, there's oh the Nona tapes was it Ellen Poole McLeod who's trying oh that to was find, a new trying, one yeah yeah trying to find for Devil Put Dinosaurs here yeah but it makes good he was trying to he was trying to meet the members yeah. of Alice and yeah. Chains, they're all acting and then Jerry Cantrell was playing this kind of redneck character who yeah. accused Jerry Cantrell of stealing all his songs it's just so funny <laughs> no it's it's great you have so much yeah. fun doing it yeah. Yeah. there's a band uh, just speaking about videos of that concept uh, a band uh, from uh, Melbourne in Australia called King Parrot and they are like, a really, they're like fucking ultra violent black metal mixed with hardcore punk and just visceral mm. trash and extreme, you know, yeah. overtones. So there's nothing about it that could possibly, you know, how would this little band from Melbourne all of a sudden be everywhere? And uh, when I say everywhere, I'm talking, I guess, within the metal world. I mean, Phil Anselmo freaked out when he saw them, signed them to Housecore Records, released two of their albums, is mm -hmm. in their videos. You know, they Max Cavalera just took them out on tour with Soulfly. But anyway, yeah. their videos are, let's say the duration of the video is five minutes. The song is like two minutes, 30 seconds, and the rest is like this fucking hilarious interaction where they, they're playing different characters. It could be under any kind of a... You know, you've, yeah. you know, they're so good at it that yeah. these guys could just have their own show and forget about music altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, like Black I... Black Spiders did that too. They had a sort of Monty Python-ish... Oh, really? It was called... The Black Spiders. Sketch. Yeah. Sketches. They're, like, yeah, great band. Do you yeah. ever hear the, the EP? I think it's uh, something Amigos. I forget the name of it. Or Trey Sombre? No, that's no, fucking ZZ that's Top. ZZ Top. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is it the one where... It's a similar name. It's a, uh, it's a Spanish... Uh, oh, shit. It's not the... Man, is it Kiss Tried to Kill Me? That's it's before no, that. It's no, after it's that. Before that, it's got a white cover and they're all no. their skulls on it. 
but there, there's a song in it called Skit, and right. it's just this Monty Python-ish, Ask like five-minute-long sketch. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's good. Yeah, that's nice. No, it's I, I love it. It's I just love. Do you know why? Because it's different. It's yeah. not like here we are, man, and we're like just yeah. you know healing the world with rock, and my guitar <laughs> solo comes on, and like hurricanes of chicks just. That would be a good. It's been video. done to yeah. death. Like, that's been done to yeah. death. You know, just yeah, yeah. The, you know, with the fan <laughs> blowing in the hair and and fucking stuff is b blowing up all around you. Yeah. Like, it's not real. <laughs> but uh, I do love those kind of really interesting, independent kind of conceptual videos. Yeah. Yeah. And even videos that kind of carry on the concept through different songs, or you might have yeah. a character that it just makes it interesting and yeah. makes it even funny. It's more so innovative. Did it with. Um, uh, Crooked Steps, they did that video where they're all on, um, what what are those things called? The scooter kind of things with the two wheels. Um, you know, that you push forward on them. Uh, those weird, they're like modern scooter things that you stand on. Oh, so they yes. have a thing yeah, like yeah, this. A crossbar on it. And uh, I can't place it. I can't <laughs> I think of the name, but there's a video where they're all on it. You think they're... Yeah. saddling up to get out in a bike gang so they put on their helmets and their leather jackets <laughs> and then they get on these things and they go down the street and yeah and they go into a club and cornell unplugs the dj's laptop and it's like this big dramatic scene you know the laptop switches <laughs> off and then soundgarden start to play do you Let's remember them in, in uh singles yes. yeah yeah that, that, that scene where cornell just walks out and sits on the steps with the the car you know tad yeah and he's your man's just like hysterical. putting the volume up yeah but uh, what was the line in a matt Dillon? He was doing that interview, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're like we're really big in Luxembourg right now, <laughs> in Belgium, in Belgium." Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And what was there a song called? Touch me, I'm touch me, I'm dick. Yeah, yeah. And that was a play on touch me, I'm sick. Which yeah, is, yeah. Because the band's name was Citizen Dick, and he's like, uh, he goes, uh, "Yeah, my name is Dick, and you know you can touch me." And jeez, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man! I'll never forget the first time I saw that movie. I thought just Alice in Chains just looked so oh, badass. Yeah. Mad like ass that, wasn't on it? that. Just it, Jerry Cantrell, yeah. just oh, the, yeah. the way the camera comes around him and he's got his yeah. jeans just fucking ripped and the low slung. And he's just the, like. Did you ever see Alice in Chains back in those days? No. I, I, I saw them yeah. three times with the bell. I saw them on, well, they toured with Megadeth. Right, on yeah. that tour, it was the Almighty, Alice in Chains, and Megadeth. And I was living in London at the time. I lived over there for 15 years. Oh, and I mm. went to that show and I saw them in Hammersmith Odeon. And it was amazing. It was fucking unreal. It was so amazing. Even the, the Almighty were great as well. But yeah. Alice in Chains, like, that was the first and last time I saw them, as, you know, that lineup, you know. I mean, I, with I've Megadeth seen as well. So was that the Megadeth concert that was filmed for for that '92? Was that around '92 or was it later in? Um, I, it was from from Apollo, didn't they? Megadeth. It was the Rust in Peace, Peace album, and 92. I think the the whole thing came together because Alison Chains did the Clash of the Titans tour in America. That it's Slayer or someone? Oh, it was, was Slayer, it? Yeah. Megadeth. Anthrax and Alice in Chains and Alice in Chains got like bottles of piss yeah, thrown at them every night and they didn't break once they went out no matter how much shit was hailing yeah. down on mm. them they went out there and played their full set and uh, I think then there was there was some kind of I guess there was a relationship or struck up I suppose you don't go on tour with Megadeth unless you're in Dave's good books same with Stone Temple Pilots as well, though. He took Stone Temple Pilots out for a leg of a tour, I think, when they're on the core album. And no, even, that, no it, that was, was on it? the Gigant tour. Oh, okay, right. That's, yeah. That was Dave's... I, I think Megadeth actually played that a few times, but yeah. that was his... Hey, I'm going to put a tour together, and okay, that was right. his idea of that type oh, thing. Okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw, read something. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if it's correct, but uh, the, the, the details of it. Yeah. But I did read that he was saying... Um, that he had sat, you know, Scott down and I read this. I was yeah. like, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. If there's one man, thing you, know? you don't do, Scott, don't, <laughs> don't That sounds exactly like him. Don't do heroin. And of course what I should have said was, Scott, do as much of it as you can. And uh, so all the comments oh are like, "Oh my god, you do such good, Dave Stain." And the comments were like, "Oh, Dave almost saved Scott Whalen's life." And this is a video about how Dave. Of course saved he did, but you know he gave birth to him also, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. 
But speaking of uh, Stone Temple Pilots, I saw them on the core tour in oh. Brixton Academy. Nice. Um, Love STP. Yeah. I was uh, I was really really drunk that <laughs> night, and I just had this really weird memory of of like it was like I was so drunk it was like looking you know when you look at something through the glass in a shower and it's just all the water yeah, is coming yeah. down that's that was what I was those looking. were your eyes <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was you know I still have the tour shirt so I survived <laughs> I made Been it there got the t-shirt but, uh, yeah <laughs> another great band another yeah. great uh album debut great oh, vocalist that yeah. went to complete shit yeah Tragic, you know, yeah. File under uh, all the rest of them. Mm. And who's another guy I just saw recently is uh, um, is Wes Scantlin, Scantlin from, oh, from Puddle of Mud. I've read yeah. about who just this. fucking That's... lost his, I mean, lost his, I mean, we've seen this decline. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it right now. I'm putting the death clock on that guy. Yeah, me too. That's... So he, he, um, I mean, he's, you know, prone to outbursts on stage mm. and whatnot, but a recent, I think it was last month, <clears throat> in the UK, yeah. Uh, and a side a, note is, who the fuck books Puddle of Mud? Yeah, knowing that was this the thing where the band left them on stage. Yeah, and but he was, yeah. He, he'd been ranting for the last few gigs, accusing members in the audience of stealing his house. I saw that, yeah. And uh, but he did something like last year as well. He broke into a neighbor's house or something, oh no. and he had a shootout with the police a couple of months ago outside his own house and something like Diego that. Maradona of Ridiculous the Ridiculous stuff. Jeez. But I, I, didn't I, I saw that. them. I saw them with Corn. Uh, uh, years, yes. years, yes. Were you at that show? I walked out because the it, the sound was so horrendous. It was terrible. I actually, I think I watched the first two corn songs, and then I was like, it was just like fucking yeah. an echo chamber, oh, and yeah. I was like, see you later. I'm out of here. Did you see when Puddle of Mud were on? They started hanging out these promotional Puddle of Mud discs, but these things were razor thin and perfectly circular, oh. so people started flinging them. A puddle of mud, like nearly severing their heads, you know. Oh, and the band no. had to leave the stage and wait until everybody stopped throwing these fucking oh, straight no. razors <laughs> at their Jesus. necks, you know. Was that just a two show, uh, two bands? Was there, it was just a, them? there was a third band with a female vocalist, and I can't remember oh. the name of them. They were filming on DVD at that time because I remember the was it a band going called Oh uh, fuck, were they called Flyleaf? Could have been, yeah. I can't. I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, I still have to take it at home. I'll dig it out. Yeah, yeah. But like another crazy bastard. But like yeah. the last show, and it's you know this cringeworthy footage, and the band just like just put their instruments down and just walk off and leave him. And he does not leave the stage. And he's sitting oh, there, no. and they turn on the house music, and there's. A, a guy in, next to whoever was filming it in the audience going, fuck you, man, you're a fucking disgrace. Yeah, and, heard that. Yeah. You know, I was sitting there going, oh, God, I can't watch this, you know, through the eyes. And it was the same yeah. thing as uh, Scott. Uh, Me plow. You know, when he was came out and he was like spinning the bullhorn around. And, yeah. And he was trying to sing Cracker Man or something. And he was just off way him. off, you know. Yeah. Another one who had happened to yeah. and I don't mind talking about it on air, fuck it. I was in talks with um, Days of the News manager just when they had reformed about putting on a show in Sugar Club that we were going to do with Lay Sweeper and Days of the New. So the thing is going well, talking to the manager, yeah, let's go for it, let's do this. The next day I go onto YouTube and all I see is Travis Meeks falls off stage. Same thing. He's up there, he's singing, and he just starts to go, oh, and he just goes back. <laughs> and the I house lights laugh. come up. The house lights come oh, up no. and the rest of the band were just, yeah, this was a bad idea. <laughs> no reunion done. <laughs> There's a, uh, did you ever hear of a, a guy called Danny Sugarman? He wrote. Uh, oh, about the doors. He wrote. The, did he? Know? Well, yeah. Well, okay. There is a connection there. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. He he wrote. Uh, no one gets out of here alive. But his actual. I've got that actually. Yeah. It's okay, book. But like the he wrote uh, Wonderland Avenue, which is, in my opinion, the best rock and roll book that has ever been written. Okay. It's fucking. It makes Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas sound like a children's bedtime story yeah uh so basically like the, the the kind of thick of it all is that he was uh he's 19 he's uh ends up living in a house with iggy pop and ray Manzarek up up in wonderland avenue in in uh, hollywood and uh he's got a 550 dollar a day heroin addiction 14 year old <laughs> a 14 year old girlfriend and three types of hepatitis oh, no. and that's when he's 19 Ooh. and uh 
you just reminded me of this great story. So he's living with Iggy. Iggy's a complete fucking lunatic back at, you know, at this point in, in the guy's life. And uh, Iggy would disappear for days and come back, you know, in full sort of, you know, transvestite gear yeah, and yeah. all this crazy shit. He came home one night and the, his whole refrigerator had fallen on top of Iggy. And he was just <laughs> there. But this great story uh, he he tells in the book was that uh, he, um, Iggy was playing the Whiskey, whiskey Go-Go in, in uh, L.A. And uh, somebody came in uh, and gave him... Uh, um, what he thought was coke, but it was heroin, and Iggy snorted it, and he was fucked up. And Ooh, the, that's the, some Pulp Fiction, yeah. And so the, he's in the dressing room, and uh, you know, there's like complete pandemonium outside. The venue is huge, or uh, sorry, the venue is packed, mm. and uh, managers are banging on the door and all this sort of stuff, and everyone is fucking screaming for the, you know, get out of the fucking room and blah blah blah. And he, the show was kind of delayed and delayed for ages, and. The, b the band were forced to go on stage and they're just playing the opening chords to something. They're just kind of repeat, repeat, you know, din, 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 din. and they're just playing this thing and everyone's kind of standing there going, okay, it's been five minutes now. Where is Iggy Bob? And uh, in the mean, in, you know, backstage is just chaos and, and uh, Danny Sugarman is banging on the door and he's like, Iggy, open the fucking door, man. And so he kind of comes to and he's groggy and he's all over the place and he opens the door and lets, uh, lets, um, Danny in and Danny, you know, p pushes the door closed and there's management and press and everyone there and screaming and tour promoters and and uh, so he's in the room and Iggy's fucked up and he's saying, listen, man, I don't worry, I'll look, I'll get you on stage, I'll sort you out. So he gives him a bump of coke and uh, Iggy's like, Doing! he's like right <laughs> up and he had a towel around his waist and with you know before he knew it, he just opens up the door marches down the hallway past everyone and comes running side stage out onto the stage and the whole crowd's like and he just keeps running <laughs> and he runs straight off the stage lands on the front you know down the front and knocks himself out oh, and like without Jesus. even singing a note so he goes from like totally skagged out of his block you know backstage to getting this insane bump coke and just like <laughs> and running onto the fucking stage across the stage and down and there was uproar that night and, you know, he was saying that the manager was like, the owner of the place was trying to get money off him and everything. And he, he had Iggy on his shoulder and he was lifting him, like carrying him out of the club. And Iggy was pissing while he was carrying him. Was, <laughs> <laughs> God. I mean, that's just like... Oh, you're never getting fantastic. booked in here again, that's Iggy Pop. Roll, that's your last you know? night you're playing here. But the, there, <laughs> there you go. That guy's complete legend you know? yeah oh completely <laughs> again you know it's a great great book uh it's it's such an entertaining read and it's there's a ton of drug ab abuse in it and he claims yeah. he died and everything and came back from the dead but my question is it's such a great book but like if you were so fucked up how did you remember all this to write a book yeah that's my only <laughs> yeah. thing about it but i i love it i love the yeah. book it's great and i i had the 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 uh i was very lucky to meet him once in london oh very good and uh, I have a hardback copy that he signed for me, and Very he's nice. a, re a really cool guy. And cool. Uh, he's died actually. He died. He died. Uh, I think in two thousand and four. So um, yeah, he just he was uh, a great writer. He yeah. wrote a, a book on Guns and Roses as well. Oh, I believe. Right, okay. I have it somewhere. Oh, okay. I haven't read it. I was thinking of the Motley Crue one that got very the dirt. famous. The Dirt. Yeah. That's Neil Strauss who wrote yeah, that. Okay. They're making that movie. Right. Oh, yeah. It's in production right Nikki now. Six died I've a few heard times from people too. that it was, it was meant to be really, really yeah. good. I haven't read it myself. I actually saw Motley Crue in, in uh, Jones's Beach in 1999, but they didn't have Tommy Lee on drums. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, come on, where's Tommy Lee? Who was drumming? Uh, it was another guy, Ram, what was his name? Randy something. A guy they had for That's a good years. Motley Crue name, isn't, yeah. it? isn't it? Randy? Yeah. Something, ra Randy something, yeah. Uh, I can't, can't remember. What year name. was it? 1999. They were playing with Scorpions as well. Scorpions were actually much better than them live. Scorpions are great They live. were much better than them live, Where yeah. Where was that show? Jones's Beach, which is in New Jersey. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic venue. I saw them, uh, where did I see them? I went over to Wembley to see them. Uh, just like, not recently, the yeah. last time they did it, they did, yeah. had that big circus thing yeah and they were all right <laughs> yeah i like the guitar player a lot mike Myers. i think yeah. he's, he's excellent but, but like there was 
a good 20 minutes of their show where Tommy was doing this drum solo. Was uh, that the thing that the revolving stuff? Uh, that would have been you know, the 80s, I think. He got stuck in that. He, he got stuck. stuck up in the roof. Yeah. He got stuck a couple of times on this farewell tour as well. <laughs> Did he? he That's on, what I mean, yeah. The last reason. show they played was in LA on New Year's Eve and he got stuck up on there. The, yeah. but, um, Tommy's on the roof. <laughs> but there was a good 20 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes from that show in London and uh, where he was going around, uh, like he did this drum solo and it was like, okay, whatever. It wasn't yeah. on the, you know, he, he was just, there was nothing spectacular yeah. about it. Like yes, his yeah. kit wasn't moving or anything. But he had this um, like little, these handy cam GoPro thing. And he was just going up to the audience. And he was like, oh, show me your tits. And everyone's like, oh. And then he'd go back and be like, that was awesome. And he'd play drums for like two minutes. He was like, can I see some more tits? And he'd go down and it was like, like a teenager's you know, wet dream. Just, my pain for this tummy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The brain cells were just dying, you know. Oh, God. And that was my only time seeing Motley Crue. But Jesus. yeah. Hey, Vince, check out those Maybe that's girls. why they fired him for a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we better wrap yeah. for over an hour. Cool. But uh, Oren, thank you so much for coming no in. No problem at all. So it was great. In. Really Great yeah. to have a yeah. just a nice casual, yeah. no pressure talk about Absolutely. music and stuff. Yeah, so oh, Overdrive have definitely left their mark and are continuing to leaving a mark. Would yeah, you know I think all the bands really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, you know we don't we never knew where this was going to go from the start, and it's only getting better. And yeah. we'll just see. Our our heart is is in you know very much Irish metal Irish music and mm. promoting the bands and helping the venues and doing what we can and uh you know anyone who's listening don't feel um you know get in touch with us you know overdrive.ie is the website you can mail me on oren at overdrive.ie or give us a call all our contact details are on there connect us with us through facebook or twitter and anything you need to know or anything we can help you with you know we'd be more than happy to help yeah that's great and Thanks if you're so around much. on the 7th of may go down to the McGee's happening. Yeah, uh, the final, uh, the Bloodstock final, where one or possibly two, because two bands were picked last year, will be going to Bloodstock and playing alongside um, Mastodon, Mastodon, Gojira, Slayer, Twisted Sister, yeah. Venom, yeah. Anthrax. Yeah. I'll be in town that night. I have to go to another gig, but it's late, so I'll definitely up yeah, down around. Definitely head down to that. Yeah, yeah. and we're having we'll a big after show party as well down right. in Chennai. So Excellent. Okay. We'll be there for that. So that's uh, great going to be a berserker cool so before we go i want to announce that i sold my first short story collection brain dead blues to sinister grim press will be out uh early 2017 no fixed date yet but definitely Great. 2017 so that's coming out and anything you want to wrap on get? uh yeah video coming out with the band rest of nation it should be released this weekend um we did it actually live in creamy sonic about a week and a half ago so cool. pete's actually working on editing it now so hopefully have it by the end of the week and Sweet. uh yeah we've which launch. song did you do uh we did wisdom teeth from it so yeah nice. we're uh, looking forward to seeing and that it. will be you'll put that up on your yeah like that'll be up on facebook uh, we're going to launch facebook then when we have the video once we're ah, ready, once okay, we're very go, good. Once we're ready to go, we'll launch we'll the post Facebook. it on the Yeah, exactly. And I'll, so I'll, I'll obviously to. put it, run it through Overdrive as nice. well. Thanks so cool. much. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. that. We have a single launch then in June in Chennai as well. So that's going to be great. Excellent. June 11th. So I'm really looking Here's forward to that it. name again. Yeah. <laughs> again and again. That's great. <laughs> okay, we're done.